0: Tune into the Tour of Utah podcast on 1280thezone.com. The podcast includes tips for how to train for the summer of cycling and where best to see the Tour of Utah in action. DJ, PK, and Yogi Roth join in once again. Join us once again for the Pac-12 Networks. Yogi, good morning. Good morning, indeed.
1: It's Media Day week. Let's go.
0: Exactly. And there's going to be a poll coming out and it's going to say that Utah's picked to finish first in the Pac-12 South. And Ute fans are now knocking on wood and hoping that is true because they'd like another chance at that Pac-12 title game. But let's go the other way. We know all the reasons it could be true. We know what's right with the Utes. We know some of the things that look wrong with other teams in the conference. So it's clear why they're going to be the number one pick. But why would that be the wrong pick? What should Ute fans be worried about?
1: Well, they should be worried about, I guess, injury, number one, right? Tyler Huntley hasn't been healthy since he's been the starter. Um, and even though they probably – I think factually, just based on performance, they've got the best depth chart in terms of quarterbacks who've won games in the Pac-12. No other team has a backup who's performed as well as Jason Shelley has. even if they may have more talented quarterback room. But they still lost games. So I don't think that uh, – I think that's the number one thing that they'd be concerned with. And number two would be F C. You know, SC – they're going to put up points, I think, in the air raid. The middle of their defense, um, it's not as talented as Utah's, but it's not that far behind. You know, Jake Tefele, who I know Utah fans know very well. Marlon P. Pelotu, who was once a UW commit. Everybody thought he was going there. Then you look at the middle of their defense, at the backer position, EA now Oteote, I voted him all conference, and he's even played play you know, a legit full season at linebacker, and Imauga inside. John Houston, a senior with experience, and then their safeties, Telenovo, Funga, and Isaiah Polamo. I mean, they're not, you know, you know, the crew that you guys have currently, but their ceilings might even be higher than Julian Blackman in terms of ability in that back end. So they can get it together, skill-wise, scheme-wise, and then most importantly, can handle the mental side of it when they're down. You know, last year, they didn't come back in one game other than Washington State when they were down and not once on the road after they, you know, got down to score in the second half. So they can get the resiliency thing done, they're scary. Um, and their backs are against the wall. They feel I've been there a bunch this offseason. Uh, you know, they're primed like every team to prove the world wrong, et cetera, et cetera. But they've got the ability and I think the staff and the players to do it.
2: I agree with you, Yogi, there. Uh, no question about it. You look at their roster, you know, and you just went to defensively. You flip over to the offensive side, and I think that they have receivers that I could argue – You take any of their top three receivers, and each of those guys could be the number one receiver on many teams in the conference. They're that good, obviously led by Pittman. I'm wondering for you how much, assuming, because I don't know that, and you would know this better than I would, uh, assuming that Daniels is the starter, because I know Sears is pushing him, uh, how much improvement do you expect from year one to year two?
1: He's going to crush it. I mean, he might throw up for 4,000 yards this year. I mean, I, I think he's going he's gonna to ball. Um, and I, I think – and I was part of the hype train. I called the first game of his career on the Pac-12 Networks with Ted Robinson and our crew at UNLV. And we hyped him up like he was the second coming. And, <laughs> and it was, you know, kind of the, the train that got going, right? He left high school early, was the player of the year, Gatorade, whatever, All-American, etc. And And he, he played like a freshman. Right, he was late on some throws. He thought he was more athletic than you know he actually was. Tried to run away from some guys um, when he just couldn't. When he obviously, couldn't get past them. And you know, to me, he played really solid as a freshman. You know, I know that he got a lot of criticism for his completion percentage, etc. But to be a freshman at SC is huge. And I've always said this: when you sign at SC as a quarterback, you become a household name. And when you start, you become a Heisman candidate. And he kind of was. He was like that weird SC quarterback. Like he's got to be in the convo. And he's lost 15 pounds since last season. This system is much simpler, which is a challenge for JT because he's such a cerebral athlete. As a quarterback, he's been trained since the fourth grade to read defenses. And, and this you know, system in the air raid, you're not asked to read much. You're, you're asked to go through your progression. It's a pure progression system versus let's try to be a coverage scientist per se. So I, I think he's going to thrive. I agree with you on the receivers. I, I'd say their top four would be number one guys at most places – Around the Pac 12, including Devin Williams. If um, so you're looking at Amon Ross St. Brown, who to me is the top receiver in this conference, even though he's only a sophomore, Michael Pittman Jr. reference, Tyler Vaughn's crazy athletes. Their backs are talented, their own line is above average. So they're going to score. I really think, man, it's it's the mentality of this team. They got a new strength coach in Aaron Osmus. Um, their strength coach, Ivan Lewis, went to the Seahawks. So he upgraded to a certain degree. And then they brought in Aaron, who's been there. You know, back in the day when the Trojans won, he was an assistant with Chris Carlisle. He ran the thing when Lane Kiffin was the head coach, and this team got a different edge to them. Uh, so the challenge will be when they get punched in the throat, and that's going to happen against Fresno State right off the bat because you know that team, you know, right off the road is is jacked to play the Trojans because every one of them wish that they were pretty much playing in the Pac-12, let alone USC. So they're going to feel it right from the beginning, and know, yeah, the first six weeks are brutal. So I, I can't wait to watch them compete in camp and and then see what happens
0: when the game starts. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network, is joining us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Uh, USC and Stanford, there are questions about both of them. Who wins that first conference game and feels really good about themselves, and who just has that questions re-asked for another round? Well, we wondered about this, and now they're
1: 0-1. <laughs> it's a toss-up game. You know, I really think that. To where we are today, I picked the Trojans just because Stanford's lost so much. You know, they lost so much productivity on offense and JJ Ortega Whiteside, Trent Irwin, Caden Smith. You look at obviously the running back position, even an injured Bryce Love is better than majority of backs around the country. Um, defensively they lose the heart of their defense and the two inside linebackers, Sean Barton and Bobby Okereke. But they develop, I think, as well as anybody in the country. You know, I put them Clemson, Bama, UW, Utah, on the same category in terms of guys you never heard of, they're going to come in and ball out. I mean, I, I was doing my all-conference, and Ricky Mazon is an inside linebacker for them that I was debating on, should I make him an all-conference guy? And he only get to pick a couple linebackers, and he's barely played. But he's that talented, and when I hear Coach Shaw talk about guys with that reverence, you, you know it's real. Um, same thing at receivers, Simi Fahoku went on his mission, came back. He, he looks like J.J. white whiteside you, know, you got to assume they're going to be good at running back. They're the best running back coach you could argue in the history of college football. And Ron Gould, and just the facts he's produced it, whether it was Cal or even UC Davis and Joshua Kelly were the guy that he found who's now balling at UCLA, was one of the top ten rushers in the country a year ago. So they'll be fine. They'll be sound. Their O line is, is really legit. Um, you look at Walker Little, Foster Sorrell, and some guys they brought back from even a year ago. I love And the elements of the defensive line, specifically Thomas Booker, made him an all-conference preseason pick. I think he's just a freak. Um, He's got, you know, SECD linemen, quote unquote, written all over him, similar to a lot of the Utah players. Mind you, a little bit of Bradley and I, like you folks who kind of package. He can play inside. He can play a little bit outside if if he needs to play the five technique and over the tackle. So they're talented, but I'm going to go today. I'm going to go with SC. It's just that early in the season. I think that system, I think that team's focus. Uh, I think it's be a great game, but I think the Trojans pull it out. And I think SC doesn't do what a lot of people outside the Pac-12 or at least LA think. You know, people that have been around the program, and they believe in the work that this team has done since spring football, really since their off season. I'll go to a bowl game, and and I agree with that. I'll co-sign on that all day. Versus what a lot of uh, I call people in the sandbox say, "Yep, oh, play's going to be out. They're going to lose a bunch of games, and they'll be done." I don't think that in terms of being around the program and feeling the energy and the vibe of the team.
2: So I'm putting the over-under at 50 of Kyle Whittingham saying preseason polls don't matter. You know he's going to say that because the Utes are going to pick number one in the South, and he doesn't want to hear it like most coaches don't in that situation. Well, my thought for you, Yogi, is Utah is in a new position as being the favorite now to win the South. They're not this up-and-coming team. They're thought to have arrived and be a contender in the South, being contender for the conference title, see where we go from here. So what type of pressure is that that the Utes haven't experienced so far, and how do they deal with it? I think
1: they'll, I think they'll be fine. I think when you look back to – I can remember a couple of years ago you – know, the Pac-12 network, thankfully, allows me to produce the drive. And I remember when College Game Day showed up um, and Jared Goff and you know, that that game went the way that it did. And, you know, all of a sudden the hype really grew for them. And I kind of talked to some players on the team as they were interviewing them and they were like, yeah, it is different. Like it, it's a totally new feeling for us in terms of being one of the top teams, per se, in the country. And I think that experience for probably everybody involved um, – is going to allow this team to thrive. Even if there's not a ton of guys that were, you know, in the program remaining uh, on this roster, I just think overall from a culture standpoint, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Um, I, I think they're going to be picked to win the Pac-12. I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if that happened. You know, you look at all the losses to UW on the defensive side. Um, Oregon, they bring back a boatload, but they still struggled on the road. You look at the last couple seasons, um, you know, the last two specifically, and some inconsistencies within their program you know, in some games. The one thing about Utah you can say is they were dramatically consistent. You know, other than, you know, the ASU game last year, um, we kind of saw exactly what we thought we would see from them for the most part. Um, so I think they'll be fine. I think it'll be new, but I think it'll be fun. I don't think Kyle's the type of coach that, you know, kind of squeezes when things get hard. I think his message around these guys is we're just going to go fun. We haven't earned anything yet. they you have know, heard that from players throughout the off season. And I think they got the veterans to echo that. Right? You look at Anai, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Gidry, Julian Blackman, just defensively, and then the trio from Hallendale on the offensive side, let alone Nick Ford who's been around, some guys in the O line, I and mean, even some receivers, you know, even if they haven't played a ton, they've been around, you know, whether it's Nakua, um, you know, Brian Johnson, all these guys have been through stuff and then I think even the additions of Manny Bowen, um, I think will bring some maturity. On big stages. So I think the question for them will be can they stay healthy and can they score? You know, what's this offense like? Are they going to huddle a ton? How do they execute? It seems to be like it's an offense where execution is key versus sometimes when you're spread up tempo, you can you know, get some easy yards, in my opinion, sometimes. So that to me will be the real fun element of how do they deal with frustration because they will have a few three and outs and bounce back from that as the season goes on and the games gain more and more exposure.
0: Yogi Roth joins us here on 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. You know, there's been a lot been made about the SEC having the money to hire all these big time coaches, and they're having all this success, and the Pac 12 can't afford people. But Chris Peterson built a really good brand at Boise State, and now he's got two titles in three years at Washington. They got a lot of turnover on the roster, they have turnover at key spots. How much should we be looking at them thinking, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's Chris Peterson, so he's going to do it. And Chris Peterson has ended this interview. He has that power.
1: Uh, I was talking with the news on that. I think Chris Peterson is a top five coach in the country, you know, and I don't think anybody would argue that, you know, from his winning percentage to the pedigree that he has to just who he is as a man and how he develops his guys out and off the field, they're not going to flinch. And you just look at, you know, rewind to signing day, the last three or five years, they're loaded. You know, they, they've got players, and I think they've got upgrades at positions, whether it's a linebacker spot, whether it's the secondary spot. I mean, nobody's going to know the numbers, per se, that Ben Burkirvan had, but guys are still going to produce. And I think the standard there, similar to Utah, is so consistently high um, that – guys just kind of rise up to it, you know, whether it's going to be Jake Hayner or Jacob Eason, whether it's going to be Puka Nakua or Marquis Spiker or, you know, Ty Jones or Andre Bocelli, Aaron Fuller, who's going to be the dude, Hunter Bryant, and we forget about him at tight end. I mean, he may not be named first-team all-conference, but he should be. You know, he's he's got freaky ability. Look at him and Colby Parkinson, two really talented players at that position. And then they bring back Trey Adams, who two years ago was a top-five draft pick projected. They bring back, I think, the number one or two center in the league, Nick Harris. So, And then, to me, the best athlete, I think, on offense in this entire conference is Siobhan Ahmed. You know, when I've watched him move, he's just watch pregame. He moves differently than pretty much everybody else on the field. He's a freak. So, imagine the ball in his hands 20, 25 times a game. If he becomes the guy we expect him to be, um, along with the maturity that this program has gained over the last couple of years, they're not going to slip. Um, it won't be easy because, you know, the games aren't easy and the bulls are behind their back. But if you look at the schedule of everybody in this conference that kind of studied it throughout the off season, I think they've got the best chance to go undefeated is the way their schedule is laid out in terms of who they have at home, who they have on the road. We know how difficult it is for them to lose at home. You know, they haven't lost anything since S C and Sam Donald came in and just played brilliantly a couple years ago at home. So they're set up to have a heck of a season even though they've lost
2: as much as they have. So I'm going to make a statement that doesn't make any sense, but that's pretty much been the history of me and my radio career, Yogi. I'm picking as a sleeper team Washington State. They went 11 and two last season, but obviously they lose their quarterback. Mike Gleach is somebody that we follow here. We feel like he's almost an adopted Utah, and his family lives here. He went to school here, and all that stuff. I look at their team returning a ton of receivers, and Leach doing what he does. I know they're going to have a new quarterback. Their defense has gotten progressively better. The last three years possibly could be better this year. So they are my sleeper team. How do you respond to that? Well, I hate that they're still a sleeper.
1: You know, I mean, I'd agree with you because that's going to be the case. You know, they're going to be picked third or fourth in the Pac-12 North, and they're the team that just, you know, has played really well against Stanford the last couple years, has played really well against Oregon the last couple years, uh, obviously, he struggled against UW, but since 2015, they got the second most wins in the Pac-12 conference. Think about that. Like, nobody on the street would agree with that if, if we said, hey, we're true or false. So I think it's unfortunate that they remain sleeper, uh, but they are. And I agree with you. I love them on defense. I love their receiving core. You know, we talked about SC's receiving core at the top being the best. I agree. But the depth of Washington State's receiving core, I think, is the best in the country. I mean, they go 8-10 deep, and they're not just guys that can run routes and catch the ball in space. I mean, they're guys that are dudes. You know, you look at Desmond Patman. You know, dude's a freak. You know, Aesop Winston, his hands feel like they're like, I mean, they've been, like, they've been the biggest hands I've ever seen. I think they're triple or 4X gloves. You know, you look at some of the plays that he's made on big stages against Utah specifically a year ago to win the ball game. You know, Kay Martin, you know, another guy, six three. And above, you know, guys, Jameer Calvin, Renard Bell, I mean, you go down the list. Max Borgie, in that system, he's the best back you can get. Let's remember, he turned down Stanford. They saw him as the next Christian McCaffrey. Offensive line, Abe Lucas loaded. They got dudes there on the offensive front, specifically within that system. Defensively, Willie Taylor, freak, I think, coming off the edge, really hard to block and game plan for. High Woods has played a lot of football, so he's experienced at the backer position. The, the athleticism of their defensive front seven is as athletic as any defensive front. You know, they're not as, you know, violent at the point of attack as Utah or as USC as I referenced earlier, but they can move. You know, they got a lot of guys in that front that have played a lot and now they're settling in. You know, they they even get a Lamont McDougall, a transfer from West Virginia, who is a fresh all American, who now is going to be able to play on that defensive front. And you know, they obviously lost their safety like to enter the supplemental draft, so I think that'll hurt them to a degree. But I, I like this team again. They're going to scare the daylights like out of everybody. The quarterback position may not do what Garner did last year in terms of just the magic he created around the country. But if you go back to mm-hmm. our history, late August last year, we didn't A, know who Garner Mitchell was, but it wasn't a slam dunk that he was a guy. You know, whether it was Trey Kingsley, he was close in that battle. Now you add Gage Cabrude to that, there's a chance. And they've got three guys, Anthony Gordon being probably the most athletic of the group, three dudes that are really competing for that spot who a year ago, two of them weren't that far from getting the starting job. So I agree with you, but I hate the fact that they're still a sleeper. To me, they should be given more respect than that around the country. And, again, the people in our footprint recognize that, um, and it will be fun to see what the writers and journalists and analysts said you know, regarding their votes.
0: Yogi, 10 years ago, P.K. put his dad in a convertible and drove up the coast. We tell people all the time, experiences over things. The older we get, the more we believe it. Now, P.K.'s lived in L.A. I grew up in San Diego. I went to UC Santa Barbara. I can't pick up or down the coast, man. You're asking me to pick between my kids. You, in a convertible, up the coast or down the coast? Mm. San Clemente. Malibu. Oh, you mean like Ventura it's a, it's a, Highway. A driver,
1: where would I rather live?
0: Yeah, Del Mar. No, I'm saying if you had you get a, you get in a rent a car one day, you're gonna drive the coast. You going up the coast or you going down the coast?
1: You got I mean, a convertible. I'm going, that's from LA?
0: You're in LA, you got a convertible, it's oh, okay. eighty degrees. Oh, yeah. I'm going
1: down the coast. I'm yeah. going down the coast because the water's on my right. You know, so I'm closer to the ocean. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm taking that. All yeah. right. See what you're yeah. thinking there. Yeah. And if the water's a little warmer down the coast. So I could get in the water, I could paddle out, I could surf, I could can... Pull off in San Clemente, San Onofre. I do love going up north. I love Ventura County. I love County Line. I love surfing there. And then you can get up to San Luis Obispo and it's just magic. But I like being closer to the ocean. So I'll go south.
0: I've seen a lot of pretty beaches. But the first time I saw Pismo, it took my breath away. That
1: is a pretty Mm -hmm. beach.
0: All right, Yogi, we appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime.